Welcome to the Foundational Healing Deliverance Prayer Ministry Podcast, where you will learn strategic spiritual warfare and aggressive prayer. If you have questions or comments, call us at 484-218-1683 or email us at fhdprayerministry at gmail.com. Let's get started with the show. Wow, what a night. What an amazing night tonight. Oh my God, you guys are certainly in for a treat. Uh, and I mean you're in for a treat. Uh, we have our spiritual parents um, on the line. There is no greater anointing than an anointing that has stood the test of times. Um, and I'm just so honored tonight to have our Bishop Carol and his wife, Prophetess, Charlene DeFore uh, from Living Witness Ministries uh, on a call with us. Um, certainly tonight is going to be a blessing, and I just can't say it enough, uh, but I certainly appreciate this man of God, this uh, woman of God from taking the time out of their schedule um, to listen to what little old me um, wanted. I asked uh, Prophetess if she could uh, please uh, bring her and her husband on the airwaves. Um, and I'm just so elated that she was so kind enough and that Bishop, along with his wife again, was just so thoughtful uh, to be with us. So F, Fire Healing Deliverance Prayer Ministry is honored. Um, so there's a lot I can say. So without uh, no further ado, I bring before you Bishop Kyle and prophetess and prophetess Charlene DeFore. Uh, we got time. I was going to use the 40 minute slot, but I was just led by the Holy Spirit um, to just. So we got time. Uh, this portion of the service is uh, in your hands. Okay. Well, God bless you. And thank you for this opportunity to come before these people. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> pardon me. We're going to be. Uh, we're talking about a very little known book of the Bible. It's the book of Jude, which is found in the last book of the Bible right before Revelation. I am Prophetess Charlene Duforce. Good evening to everyone. And we are so blessed. Um, thank you, Prophet Paul, for uh, inviting us to be on this show with you tonight. Uh, we are blessed. Bless, bless, as we bless you in your ministry. And we are uh, the overseers of Living Witnesses Ministries. And we are talking to you all the way from a little town called West Rigo, Louisiana. Uh, thank you, Prophet, for giving us this opportunity to teach. Amen, amen. Okay, uh, without any further ado, we're going to get started. Uh, I'm going to have uh, my wife do the reading for us, Prophet Charlene Duforce. She's going to uh, read the scripture for us, and uh, I'll uh, make an effort to expound on it. So uh, why don't you start reading uh, from uh, Jude? Well, there's only one chapter in Jude, so begin with verse 1. You want to give them the um, title of what we're going to be teaching on tonight? Well, we're, talking, we're talking about ex exposing false teachers. Okay, I want to give you a little bit background uh, first introduction to what we're going to be teaching on tonight. 
Ms. Barthol says fight. Contend. Do battle. When apostasy arises, when false teachers emerge, when the truth of God is attacked, it is time to fight for the faith. Only believers who are spiritually in shape can answer the summons. At the beginning of his letter, Jude focuses on the believer's common, sal common salvation, but then feels compelled to challenge them to contend for the faith. The, the danger is real. False teachers have crept into the church, turning God's grace into unbounding license to do as they please. Wow. Jude reminds such men of God's past dealings with unbelieving Israel, disobedient angels, and wicked Sodom and Gomorrah. In the face of such danger, Christians should not be caught off guard. The challenge is great, but so is the God who is able to keep them from stumbling. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going to start in verse 1 until Bishop Carroll tells me to stop. It says, verse 1 of Jude, and we invite you to be a part of this. If you have your Bibles, um, join us in reading the Word of God. It says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you, and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there, verse 4, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord God, of our God into insidiousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's stop right there. <clears throat> Now we have a Jew here. Is a servant. He says he's a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. Jude addresses the called, and there were all Christians who have been called to the knowledge of God through Christ. And Jude is actually a a half brother of Jesus Christ, because the scriptures tell us that Mary did have other children after she had Jesus later on. So. Mentioned uh, Jesus' other brothers. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, he's, he's a brother of James, and James was uh, another half brother of Jesus, who was the head of the church at uh, Jerusalem. And he's uh, encouraging, in these verses, he's encouraging the, the church to contend for the faith because he says there are certain men. Who have crept in unawares, and uh, they are godless men. Change the grace of our God into a license for immorality, 
and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So apparently Jude has become aware of these things that are going on in the church. So he's trying to make them expose these things to the church. You know, Bishop, I want to uh, expound a little bit on this word contend. Um, if I'm um, certain what the word might mean. When you're contending for something, that means that you're fighting for it. Right, you're coming against opposition. Or re yes, are you reaching for it? Um, and that's why Jude is telling them that it was necessary for him to write this letter to them to warn them that these false teachers are coming into the body of Christ to draw them away from the grace of God, to draw them away from what was first delivered to them through the teachings of the apostles. So he's encouraging them to fight for, to contend, to take back uh, what they had received in faith that was delivered unto them uh, from the beginning. Yes, he wants them to use their discernment to discern these people that are creeping in there unawares and trying to uh, to distract them from what uh, they've been taught about salvation through Jesus Christ. Okay. Let's go on with uh, verse, uh, verse 5. <laughs> verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitations, he had reserved an everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Okay, he's talking here about the angels uh, who rebelled uh, up in heaven. Uh, uh, the version of Bible I have, the New International Version, says, And angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their own home. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In other words, these uh, are the, the angels who uh, rebelled with Satan, and they were cast out of heaven down to the earth. I see verse 5, Bishop as a warning to the people, even to those who believe that they might be saved. And that would go for the present day, too. The people of the churches of the present day who believe that they are saved. Uh, the, verse 5, he says, uh, basically is what he's saying, I want to bring to you remembrance. Though once um, the people knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward he destroyed them that believed not. In other words, he was talking about those all, he had taken all out of the land of Egypt, but not all had been saved. There were those who had rebelled against um, God and Moses and were destroyed yes. in the desert. That's and right. they were being brought out to salvation. So uh, what this tells me here is that we need to be sure that we keep our salvation sure with God. Remember 
where God has brought us from, remember his word to us to do diligently every day to keep his word. Um, you and I have discussed this on many occasions. Yes, that living a Christian life is a lifestyle. It's not something that you just choose and pick to live when you want to live uh, when it's convenient to you, the Christian life. We have to diligently uh, seek God every day in his word, uh, talk to him through prayer, and uh, let his word speak back to us. And then this is how we keep ourselves in right standing with God, because at any moment, those of us who think we're saved, if we're not living the lifestyle God expects us to live as his children, that even according to this scripture, is it possible we could lose our salvation too? Yes. The most important thing we need to learn is how to be a servant because most of us are self-serving. We're, we're selfish and we want to do the things that we want to do, but we have to learn how to be a servant of Christ and do the things that Christ wants us to do. So we have to, like the prophet said, we have to change our lives. We have to have a lifestyle of serving Christ and not doing our own thing, but doing the things that God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. So let's go on with verse 7. Uh, we did read. Oh, okay. Verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses uh, and did not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuked you. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they Let have us, gone. Let's stop there a minute. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jude gives us the example here of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says that Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns or the cities around them gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. So we have to be aware and be careful of the things that we say and do and the lifestyle that we live because here in Sodom and Gomorrah it's it's in the Bible um, the story about what happened to them uh, how God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah totally and completely in other words they were nothing, nothing but a pile of ashes because of their unrighteousness and the evil deeds that they were doing with each other uh, because of their sexual immorality Right. Um, we, you and I talked about it a little bit today. Uh, men were having sexual relations with men and women were having sexual relations 
with these um, animals, four-footed animals, and this is an abomination to God, and this was not to be so. And so uh, God said that because of this, he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think I mentioned to you earlier that is this what America is turning into a Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, because we see the same sins that were committed in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, thousands of years between then and now, things haven't changed much. Uh, in fact, the Bible says that in the last days, they would be doing these things. They would be rivaling and... Um, and son rising up, up against father and daughter-in-law against mother and uh, sexual immorality would be going on and the things that they were, Sodom and Gomorrah was going through in the rest of the world, uh, we experiencing now even worse. Um, and, you know, that was just something you and I had mentioned earlier and I mentioned yes. to you, is America becoming another Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, we mentioned that earlier. I certainly hope it's, that America is not becoming that, but it seems to be more and more uh, as we go from day to day. Uh, verse 8 says, in the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him. But said, Lord, the Lord rebuke you. So, see, even Michael had the respect uh, of a, another celestial being. And he said, the Lord rebuke you. He didn't dare rebuke him. <clears throat> and then verse 18, it says, yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand. And what things they do understand, by instinct, they're like, they're like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. Right, he's given a reference here um, that this is the difference between spiritual and carnal things. That uh, the people here, um, they speak evil of the things which they don't even know of. No words, spiritual things. These, these people speak evil of these things, of the spiritual things they don't know. And then it says, and the things they do know in the natural, uh, they're like as brute beasts. In other words, their thinking is only primal, like the brute beast. And uh, it's, it's carnal thinking is what Jude is trying to make the point here. And because of that, they corrupt themselves. Okay, let's go on verse 11. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the arrow of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cory. These are spots in your feast of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, they are without water carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withered without fruit, 
twice dead, plucked out by the roots. Raging waves of the sea foaming out of their own shame. Wandering stores to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Okay, hold on. Let's, let's stop right there a minute. So, Jewish is, uh, is saying, in verse 11, he's saying, Woe to them, for they have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. In other words, he's, he's comparing them to um, what Cain did. You know, Cain killed his brother Abel um, because of uh, his uh, lack of understanding of what God had ordained for a sacrifice. Uh, this was Cain, uh, Cain's rejection of God's provision for acceptance with himself, uh, with God. Today is it is the rejection of God's offer of forgiveness to Christ. And Balaam's error was Balaam hired himself out as a prophet and epitomizes deceit and covetousness. Because he hired himself, he was a prophet, supposed to be a prophet of God, and yet he hired himself out to prophesy against the things that God wanted. And the thing about Korah's rebellion, the sin of Korah was rebellion against the duly constituted authority. In other words, against Moses. Moses was the authority that God set in place, and Korah rebelled against that. And so he and his family were, uh, and those that followed with him, was swallowed up in the ground. The earth opened up and swallowed them up and all of their possessions as well. It says they are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. So Jews comparing these people here to things that we can understand. Like clouds without rain being blown about by the wind, uh, and the autumn trees without fruit, dried up and Christ dead and uprooted. Wild waves of the sea forming up their shame. Wandering stars for whom blackness, blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Jesus making it quite plain here that these people who are false teachers are destined for the pits of hell that God has ordained for those who don't believe in and who don't accept the, the salvation the salvation experience of Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go to 14. And Enoch, he was the seventh, in other words, the seventh generation from Adam. He prophesied even way back then, uh, saying, Behold, the Lord come with ten thousands of his saints. Now, Enoch was prophesying of the future here, that what's going to happen in the future time. And if it's in our time, this is what Enoch was seeing. Okay? To execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
Want me to go on? Uh, um, to 16. No, let's hold it there, man. <clears throat> okay, he's talking about Enoch here, the seventh from Adam, who prophesied about these men. And I was just uh, looking up the, the note about that. And it says, the note I found said, though this prophecy is found in the non-canonical book of Enoch, Chapter one, verse nine. Uh, that's that's not it's a book that was left out of the Bible. It's not in the Bible. The book of Enoch. The original prophecy was uttered by Enoch in the Bible, in Genesis five nineteen through twenty four, and it's repeated again in Hebrews eleven five through six, and was later expanded and incorporated in the book of Enoch. Holy ones refers to the angels. Do you want me to look up Genesis 5? No, it's okay. We're not going to look at that. <clears throat> Since the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we're all going to face a judgment sooner or later. And hopefully we won't face the harsh judgment that he's talking about here. That God's going to have for those who are ungodly and who have committed ungodly acts and had ungodly ways. They didn't have a lifestyle of being a servant of Jesus Christ and doing the things that God's commanded us to do. Okay, verse 16. These are murderers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaks great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you, there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, let's stop there a minute. <clears throat> Okay, Jude is, is uh, telling the church here to remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. In other words, they uh, told him ahead of time about these things that were going to happen. And he uses the word, in the last times, there'll be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires, men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts, and do not have the Spirit, in other words, do not have the Holy Spirit. So they follow natural instincts instead of the Spirit of God. And that certainly um, goes for present day, uh, Bishop, because 2016, if I remember back, was one of the most, in our lifetime, that I know of, you and I, and the rest of the world. 2016 was one of the most 
horrific time that we know of. There were so many school shootings going on. Uh, they had turned this into a racial war uh, between black and white, and um, you know, and it's really a shame the way they had done this. People were murdering one another, killing one another, and I'm not even sure, Bishop, that they knew why they were even doing this, other than the fact that they were led by the spirit of the Antichrist, Satan himself, and. You know that that Satan and his angels were controlling the people. I mean, and and so much so towards 2016 that it was horrible. I mean, almost every day you turn the TV on, and people say, "Well, you turn the TV on today, and it's still the same killing and murdering going on today." But you know, it it seemed like it was such a a great push in 2016, or it was such a uh, more so of the murdering and killing going on because it was nationwide, and nationwide we were being uh, affected by it. And he says, complainers, and we certainly know that there's a lot of complainers today. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many people, complainers in the church. They can't complain about anything and everything. Yes, least little things. There is no respect and no honor for the things of God. They they just want to complain about everything. Uh, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speak great swelling words. No words. They want to speak the big talk. That's basically the way you and I say it down here in the South. They want to talk the big talk. Uh, and having persons and admirations because of advantage. No words. They want to look at the people who can bring gain to them, who can do good things for them. That's what I get out of this, the ending part of this scripture. And, and then how the Bible told us that in the last days, there would be mockers who would walk after their own ungodly lust. And we are certainly bishops in those days. People mock everywhere you look. They mock what you stand for, uh, especially the Christians are being so much so attacked today, the godly people. Uh, we're being mocked for our belief in Jesus Christ and, and what we stand for. Okay? And it's up to us to be to stand in the faith and be strong, regardless of what opposition comes against us, because the Lord has given us the authority to overcome op opposition, wherever it comes from. Mm -hmm. So if we stand in the Lord, we have the power and we, we have the authority. But he says, but ye, beloved, build up yourselves and your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In these last days, bishops, it's going to be very important that we build our faith up. Is basically what this scripture is saying. We need to build our faith up in Christ Jesus and in, in Lord God uh, by reading His Word. This is one way that we build our faith up. Uh, 
praying and being with other like-minded Christians like ourselves and admonishing each other, exhorting one another, especially so when we see the last days coming upon us. Yes. And it says, I mean, this is important. It says praying and the Holy Ghost. And this is going to be important because we have to pray in the Spirit. I mean, so often, you and I know it, that we can so easily be distracted when we're trying to pray, trying to draw ourselves aside and get into our prayer time with God. Yes, and the reason, the reason it's so important to pray in the Holy Spirit is because if we pray in our natural tongue, these demons that are around us can understand what we're saying. But if we pray in the Holy Spirit, they don't know what we're saying because we're only praying to God. And only God understands what we're saying. Amen. And sometimes we don't even know what we have to pray for like the Word of God says. So our spirit makes groaning that the Spirit of God understands yes. what it is we're trying to communicate to God. Amen. All right, verse 21 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You want me to stop there? Uh, yes. Jews uh, is admonishing them here to keep themselves in God's love as they wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to bring us to eternal life. Right. And the love he's talking about here is keeping ourselves in love for the brethren. That is very important that we love one another in the Lord. And we care for one another. And we, we do for one another. And we pray for one another. Yes, we have to have the understanding of God's love here. The understanding of God, God's love is that he loves us in spite of our evil ways or our sins that we commit. He still loves us, but it's up to us to repent and make ourselves right with God. But God's mercy is there through our Lord Jesus Christ. If we've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, then his blood covers us. And uh, his mercy is there to preserve us, to bring us to eternal life. You know, you and I talked about this not too long ago. I love for one another. If we can look at each other, uh, other than the way Christ uh, is, sees people, in other words, Christ lives inside of us. That's the point I'm trying to make. Christ, if Christ lives inside of us, then we, are to we have no excuse. We are to love all people. That's right. We don't have to accept the sin, but we do have to accept the sinner. Yes. And in order the way, the only way we can reach a person who is a sinner, or who, I mean, we're all sinners. I, I hate to say it that way. The ungodly. Okay, let me put it that way. The only way we can reach the ungodly, Bishop, is to have have a godly love for them. That's right. For all people. We can't love 
from a facade that we see on people. Because if we look at people, we're not going to love them. They're going to love us the wrong way. They're going to look at us strangely. They're going to say mean and hateful things to us. But if we're operating in the spirit of God, the spiritual things of God, then we're going to, if we're blessed, and we're really walking in the spirit of God, and we're blessed to see others as Christ loves them. I mean, Christ loved them. You to see them the way God sees them. Right. Christ loved them even while they were crucifying him on the cross of Calvary. That's right. He, he prayed for them while he was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. In other words, Father, they don't have an understanding of what they're doing and who they're murdering here. Well, we have to have the same love for the brethren, even for those who are ungodly and unlovable, because the only way we're going to reach a lost and dying world is to love them and to share the gospel with them, It is, which is the good news. It's not our job to clean up and to, to save the fish. That's God's job. It's just our job to go out like Jesus called us, be fishes of men. So it's our job to go to them and present the gospel to them and to love them and and uh, show them the love of God. Correct. And then let God clean up their life. Okay, verse 22. Um, and of some having compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, having even a garment spotted by the flesh. Now, this is the mindset that we need to have, Bishop. Yeah, let me read this from the New International okay. Version. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. Be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others, show mercy mixed with fear. And that fear they talk about there is not being afraid. It's mixed with, mixed with uh, um, the godly fear, the reverence fear. godly fear, right, the reverence. Um, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. In other words, we don't have to uh, like the clothing that's stained with corrupted flesh, but we do have to show mercy mixed with reverence. Well, I think the reference he's making here is we need to go look beyond it, looking beyond the flesh yes. and see them as a soul that's lost here right. without hope. In need of salvation. In need of salvation in darkness. Because that's what he's talking about. We need to pull them literally out of the fire. Because, see, they're on their way to hellfire here. Yes, they are. And <clears throat> we are the only Jesus that the ungodly the evil world sees right now. We are the only Jesus that they mm -hmm. see. So we need to operate in this type of love. All right, verse 24 and 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I love that verse. Yes, hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory 
with exceeding joy. Oh, this is a, yes, a verse of hope, Bishop. Yes. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. That tells me, Bishop, that when I'm going to make a mistake, if I'm walking or striving to live my life for God, he's going to do whatever he needs to do to stop me from my fault slipping and sliding into the wrong place. Okay? Yes. And to present me, I, I often think about it, little old me, he's going to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God has such joy in us that when we're striving to live the life he's called us to live, I mean, he just loves us and loves on us and loves on us. And it, we, are, we become a joy to him as his children. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, this is indeed a, an awesome benediction that Jude is doing here in his letter, uh, closing out his letter with uh, blessings from uh, the Lord God. Yes, he called him the only wise God, our Savior, is the glory and the majesty, the dominion and the power both now and forever. Amen and amen. Yes, hallelujah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our Bible study for tonight. Uh, we have certainly enjoyed teaching you with it. Uh, again, I am Prophetess Charlene Duforce. And I'm Bishop Carol Duforce. And we just wanted to present to you the book of Jude, which is a very uh, little-known book in the Bible. And it's uh, seldom talked about or preached about in the churches so we just wanted to bring that to you so you get that and get an understanding of what he was saying to the churches amen amen wow what a uh what a powerful powerful teaching um bishop and prophetess that you brought forth it's so many um key points here and i was as you ministered i was actually taking notes and it's funny how the Holy Ghost, because as you was speaking on uh, the strong points, it was I was writing them down, and it was like in the same um, sequence, especially understanding um, rank. I believe, Bishop, you talked about uh, how Michael himself uh, dared not um, dispute, dared not argue, dared not curse another celestial being, but use the greatest name that is above all names um, to rebuke them. Uh, prophetess, I heard you speaking on the importance of praying in tongues and just the importance of praying in regards to being distracted. Uh, before uh, you give some information and on how you could be contacted and um, whatever you would like to um, share, can you tell us, um, young ministers, young um, those coming up uh, in the gospel, what is some of the, uh, what, how did you guys um, just remain so honorable 
in the presence, um, presence of God and your marriage is strong. Like how did this come about? So, um, me and the audience, um, can walk in that same light. If you don't, um, I would say primarily, I would say primarily just came about because a long time ago, um, I don't even know how many years ago it was. I made a commitment that I was, uh, when I, when I get up in the morning, my first two hours that I spend in the day would be two hours spent with the Lord. So I spend the first two hours every morning when I get up, uh, in, uh, reading the word and, uh, uh praying and then giving the Lord some praise and glory. One of the important things of Prophet Paul is um, always staying in an attitude of forgiveness. That's very important. Uh, I've been so much telling this to Bishop lately, especially as we see the day approaching uh, the, the last of the age that we know is to stay in an attitude of forgiveness. As uh, as leaders, uh, you know it, we all know it, we get attacked, not so much from the people outside uh, the church, but even people from the inside of the body of Christ. We get attacked. And it's hurtful. I mean, it, it, it's bad enough when we get hurt from the people on, on the ungodly world, but it hurts so much more when you get attacked from people that you know is supposed to be children of God. And, you know, I often tell my husband, I said, they know the word like we do. You know, why aren't they acting right and doing what they're supposed to be doing? And God always comes back in the spirit and reminds me, you know, just just to, to stay in an attitude of forgiveness. And uh, I'm constantly, you know, I'll go to my brother and sister in Christ and say, uh, and to ungodly people sometimes, but um, a lot in, in, the, in the church world, I'll say, if I have done anything to offend you, I apologize. And my husband says, why do you do that a lot of times? Because, you know, it's not necessarily anything you did that you're wrong. I said, no, but I am trying to keep the peace in a godly manner with all people. In fact, I think it tells us to be, if possible, to be at peace with all men. Peaceably with all men. With all men. How much is lie within you. Okay. And, and a life that we've lived, it's through trial and error, Prophet John, uh, Paul, um, you sometimes take a, take a step forward and you're going to fall back two steps. But it's knowing, and it took me many years to learn this, Prophet John, uh, Paul, that you got to know that you know that you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And once you learn this, that who you know that you know who you are in Christ Jesus, that. And, and by saying that, I mean, help me out here, Bishop. By saying that, that when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, uh, even though things and people come against you to try to shake your world, if you are standing on that, that solid foundation, which is the rock, Jesus Christ, then you're not going, when the winds 
foam. It may blow you like a tree, but it says a tree that's planted strong, that its roots will not be uprooted. In other words, it'll sway you, but you won't be moved. Exactly. Uh, so we hope what we have said. Uh, and the thing about our marriage, you know you have up and downs in, in marriages, okay? Uh, we we teach uh, we teach we have a teaching which we'll tell you a little bit about before we close. But the number one thing we have told people that we comfort them, it's very important to keep communication open in a marriage in any relationship. It's very important to keep communication open because once you stop the communication then you've lost the battle. And I, I tell people this, and they laugh all the time. I said, you know, I said, when we were first married, before we got saved, I said, man, we were just rough when we would have arguments. And I said, but now instead of uh, getting, you know, the worldly way of arguing things, I said, we just fight each other with Scripture now. Uh, you know, if I do something that, or say something that offends Bishop, he'll come back at me with the word and say, now you know the word of God says this, okay. And vice versa, I'll do that to him, you know. And when the Holy Spirit is operating in your life, you can do nothing but shut up at that moment and let the Spirit of God deal with your spirit. So I hope this has helped you what we have said. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you uh, so much. Um, so listeners, look, we have um, no excuse. We have no excuse. The blueprint is there uh, two hours every day. Pray for two hours or work yourself up to two hours. But make sure um, that when you get up, reach for God. Reach for God. Talk to God. Get to know God um, at a deeper level and having an attitude Amen. of forgiveness. So those are the recipes um, for success. Again, uh, FHDM Prayer Ministry is, again, so honored and elated uh, to be spending this time in the universe um, with you and being able um, to receive just an impartation of faith, knowledge, um, as you ministered in the spirit of wisdom. Uh, but before you go, can you please uh, share with the audience how you can be um, contacted and a little bit about your ministry before we go. I'll let Bishop tell you a little bit about our ministry, uh, how it got started and where we're at now, and I'll go ahead and tell you how we can be contacted. Okay. Okay, our, our ministry is, is called Living Witnesses Ministries. And uh, we, uh, we got started uh, how many years ago? Roughly about... 12, 15 years ago. Living Witnesses Ministries became a ministry in 2006. Okay, so that's... Um, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 12 years ago. So we, we've been Living Witnesses Ministry for 12 years now. But we were saved since 1970. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, um, the Lord uh, impressed upon me to... Uh, uh, develop a ministry of reconciliation, which uh, uh, turned out to be a ministry for marriages and relationships. 
and this is what, this we, is what do. we do. Uh, and we have, we have opportunity, and uh, when the churches uh, need to have a, a marriage or relationship seminar or conference, we do seminars, three-day seminars, three or four-day seminars, or one or two-day conference. No, three or four days. I'm sorry, I got it backwards. I got it back with a three or four day conference or one or two day seminar. And uh, we have an we have email account that uh, you can contact us by. It's bishop, D-U, the number four, C, at yahoo.com. Bishop, D-U, the number four, C, at yahoo.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Um, we have several sites you can go to. One is Carol C. Duforest Sr., Prophetess Charlene C. Duforest, and I give most of my prophecies, uh, I give most of the Lord's prophecies, let me retry that, on that site. Uh, we also have another site, it's under our, our ministry, called Living Witnesses Ministries. This is where you can go to. We have um, a web page set up on that uh, with archives where you can go and uh, from day one. Uh, also, uh, Bishop forgot to remind you that we do a live Bible study every Wednesday morning, 11 a.m. to 12 noon Central uh, Time in Louisiana here. Uh, so if you're free and... Uh, you can watch us live, and if you can't watch us live, then you can go through periodically through the week or whenever you can catch us uh, because we do post it on these sites. Also, so on, Facebook, so on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. If you don't have a smartphone, uh, you can go to www. New Orleans, N-E-W-O-R-L-E-A-N-S, um, talknetwork.com, and you can catch us on a landline computer that way. Uh, again, you can get us by email, bishop, B-I-S-H-O-P-D-U-4-C at yahoo.com. And we are so grateful and thankful uh, Prophet Paul, that you gave us this opportunity. Yes, thank you very much. We're very honored to have been on your program today. Yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, uh, Bishop Carroll and Prophetess Charlene. Um, so we're signing off. We're signing off until we meet again. Beware of false teachers. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes.